Well, sometimes there's nothing better than expanding your horizons, and that's what today's lesson is all about. It's better to love your sport, but always appreciate other sports as well, because there is so much to learn and earn, lots of experiences, and that's what I did today. So today's guest on my show is George Rebiris, a sports journalist at the Gleaner Company. Yeah, that's right, Kingston, Jamaica. When I was reading about George's work, the idea struck me: why not expand the boundaries and listen to those sports journalists who brings value? Yes, we cover cricket. because it's something i always loved but sometimes other stuff can also add value and jodri did just that covering the jamaican premier league speaking to track and field coaches who were suffering due to lack of support and funds do you know jamaican cricket or jamaican sports in general are mostly funded by corporates yes it is so we covered beach cricket jamaican sport track and field games soccer and share insight about favorite football clubs so why are you listening to me it's not a monologue right Don't worry. Let's let's welcome Georgie to the show. Thank you so much for this, right? Sure, no problem. When I saw your message, you know, um, I I thought it was really like an interesting um, on podcast that you had, so that's why I agreed to it as well. Question which I have sent you is all about cricket, right? but right. definitely more than cricket i have a lot of questions because when i was uh, coming here i i did a bit of research about you and when i got to know that okay you are actually into a lot of sports not just cricket right so basically let's start with the current po- uh, post which you had that is about how jamaican premier league is working over there specifically right. when it comes to the treasure beach fc the coach right. umar right. rambo and obviously the uh, the team is going through a bit of struggle and according to that you know Uh, Un Garden or Cavalier Mount Pleasant; these two teams are actually on the top. So, uh, what sort of interview that you had with Omar? If you can just give me a bit of right. Okay, so um, the Jamaican Premier League is actually a league that is for the last few years has been growing a lot with um the sponsorship, the commercial as well, and the inclusion of a team like Treasure Beach is actually a really really historic. So the era. That, So Jamaica as a country is divided into fourteen parishes, basically states of 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 sorts, and and Treasure Beach FC is from the area called Saint Elizabeth. No, no, there hasn't been a team from Saint Elizabeth to play in the Premier League in over forty years. So their so their promotion last season was really historic. No, of course, when you're coming into the top flight of any league in any country, there's there's going to be a gap in the talent between playing in the second division and the first division and yeah. they had brought in the coach um Omar Wedderburn who is really a a coach with he's a coach with a pedigree so they brought in him yeah. with the idea to bring him on board and for, to help them stay up however um at the start of the season he was really confident over midway through they had really went into a slump they had endured a 12 game losing streak um they were just above the bottom of the table above another team who, who also just got promoted so when i spoke with him in january he said that um they were currently in the process of 
of recruiting new players, basically getting the players yeah. that they would they think they would need to the keep transformation them time, right? Yeah. yeah. So so that was his original um stance, saying that um okay, we're we're in a bad place, but we still have half of the season left, so we'll turn around. Then a month later, um he he then announced in a post-match interview that he would be leaving the club. It, sure. So when I spoke with the chairman of the club, um, it was over the phone because I'm from Kingston, they're from St. Andrew, which is on the other side of the country. So I spoke with him over the phone, have a, had a lengthy discussion with both of them. And what I've gotten from it was that he felt that for the betterment of the club, it was the right decision for him to leave because obviously he was not doing what, what was necessary for the team. So he felt that for the team to go forward, and to potentially save their season, it would be best for him to step away. Of course, the chairman at the time, well, the chairman now has said that they still had faith in the coach and they were willing to stay with him for the entire season. So it came it came as a surprise to them that he wanted to step down, but they but they saw his side of it and they had to accept his um his decision. So right now that is where they're at, a place where they're now depending on their vice coach to step in as an interim head coach to, to hopefully save their season and avoid um, that relegation. They are now 12th. They are eight points behind the team that they would need to pass to survive. And they are just joined with that team. So we, we, with now only seven games left, they're hoping to close an eight-point gap. Yeah. I think uh, they have a game, right, in April, if I'm not wrong? against Eitan Gardens? Right. So, the teams that are above them, the, the games that are above them now are really important games because they're playing against some of the better teams in the league. Um, Arnett Gardens is one of the most attacking teams. Um, They're known for the explosive power. They have a few players that have went on to play for the national teams. So, it's a really steep task ahead of them. And they've already played against the two of the relegation rivals. So, there's no easy games now left for them. Sure, sure. A lot of times what happened when we see a lot of teams who are struggling when it comes to any sport, right? So a lot of times we tend to attack the captain and the coach, okay? Right. And yeah. when it comes to coach, it's also for uh, for them, it's also a sink and swim position a lot of times. Right. So the idea that I got from the from my interviews with these persons is that Treasure Beach are hoping to survive, but they're also preparing themselves for that relegation and then to potentially have a consolidate have a consolidatory season in the second division and move back up again. So yeah. so they they've already brought in a few players um who they think are Premier League quality. Whether they can show that is going to be a completely different matter. But they are obviously making those strides in towards that they're going to fight all the way to the end. They're not going to lay down and even though they are seen as potentially easy pickings for other teams. You know, these are the teams that we we should get the three points from. They won't be just lying over and allowing persons to walk above them, to, to walk over them. Sure. So that's definitely something for Treasure Beach. Um, an interesting story that, that is developing through the rest of the season to see if they can pull off basically the the, the impossible right now. So, uh, okay, let's let's, uh, let's jump before everything. And I'm, I'm sure... Look, when it comes to sports journalism, right? Sports journalism right. is something that uh, which comes naturally to you. I'm not saying a lot of yes, a lot of people actually 
turn themselves into some other position like for example someone is doing crime reporting and have a also a keen interest on sports so they also do some sort of a sports reporting but uh, naturally sports comes you're not actually following that so how your journalism started how your love for sports and everything started okay here's the thing um i actually played sports um when i was younger at um the team that um, the team at Chocho Beach are actually chasing right now. I previously played for them. I was one of the members of the team that helped them get that promotion. However, I realized that as much as I loved sports, it wasn't my future as an athlete. I, sure. I, I much prefer to be the person writing about it, the person telling those stories rather than the person on the field. So, um, that is how, so from the beginning, as all, the aim was always to become a sports journalist. So, as I said, it, it is something that came naturally to me because of my past in, in sports. Yeah, and writing, writing, right? Because writing is also something which normally it's a flair, right? If you have flair, right. if you don't have flair, but you can actually improvise it if you don't have. But uh, writing is something which obviously I struggled initially, but now I'm also good at it because of the uh, prestigious teachers and everything. So, how your uh, writing started for sports? Okay, so to writing for for me, writing basically started because um, I read a lot as a child. I was always reading. So, telling stories became kind of second nature to me, and then that story developed. Writing, right? Yeah, story writing. Yeah, so that so that developed into me writing in in my pastimes, as and then that continued to develop. Then, in high school, I had a teacher who noticed my writing, and she had a connection to a newspaper, um, editor who yeah. was a former um former alumni and one of her past students and she set that connection to me for him to help me out with those writings and that really set me on the path um i went to university studied um journalism so that really created that professional standard and molded that creativity into a professional standard that that was needed so that is how i got into here this person's the right person at the right time i'm realizing my love and passion for sports writing and the nurturing that for me uh i just have one more question uh, apart from cricket that is uh track and field because obviously i saw one more post of yours that is about track and field and right. one thing which actually caught my attention was about the unequal distribution of financial purposes right. so the team i think uh head coach was george scott uh the team for um, Scott, yeah. Yeah. yeah and obviously you know in india also we saw a lot of time that some school which having a lot of uh, sourceful purposes like financial purposes they can actually use that particular thing and they can actually beat other teams easily very easily so there's a no bit of equal uh, match yeah. fight right? Uh, right how why there's an unequal distribution of financial services because it's a sport and sports demand equality right right so why there's a bit of unequal distribution i'm sure you had a conversation with george scott so what he said about that okay so a quick over history lesson as well because we're going to that as well so in Jamaica, yeah. there are things called traditional schools and non-traditional schools. So, sure. for example, I went to a traditional high school. So I, I, I experienced that firsthand. These schools are, are, the, are institutions that were created years ago, centuries ago. For example, my high school, um, Woolmers Boys High School, we are, if I'm not, if I remember correctly, we're the oldest, well, sorry, or we're the second oldest English-speaking high school in the Western Hemisphere. So we're over 300 years old. So with that comes a lot of history, a lot of a reputation, a lot of 
um, prestige, 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 right? And then yeah. what that does is that um, the best students they want to go to these high schools, these specific high schools, and then when they graduate, they want to also give back to those high schools. So most of the resources and financial power comes from the past students who have done well in their in their work, and then they are given back to those schools to to continue that tradition. So, sure. so what happens in there when newer schools are coming up? Um, these are the non-traditional high schools. They might not have that um, those resources and those alumni that they can fall back on to help support the schools. So um, they are they start off far behind the pace in comparison to other schools. So Fern Court is is one of those smaller schools because as I spoke with Coach, he said that for the national championships, which is coming up in March. His team is only carrying 10 athletes. When you compare those to other schools who are carrying maybe five times, six times more. So he can only compete in a small amount of events as well as might not have the resources to train his, his athletes to the highest quality. So when these schools have these one in a million athletes that come up randomly or they are coming through these systems, when they are being exposed to, to these competitions, the larger schools are taking notice. And as an athlete, when you are being noticed by a school who has more resources, there are more eyes on them, and they can give you opportunities like scholarships that you might not get from a smaller school, it is really a hard opportunity to turn down. Yeah. And that has always been a struggle, not, not only in, in track and field in Jamaica, it's all across the board. Um, if you look at some of our best athletes and you, and you track sure. the school that they're from, then they're more often than not from the larger schools. The only few exceptions you'd say is like Usain Bolt. He came from William Nib, which is actually a really small school, and he he is seen as the exception and not the norm. So that is actually what the coach is going through right now. He has already lost two of his athletes um last season to bigger schools, and he's hoping that the athletes that he has right now, especially. His youngest athlete, Amiana Scott, who is one of the favorites for her age group, he's hoping that with the support that she's getting from, from the community and from the school, she will be able to stay there and become the face of that school so that more athletes can see that, hey, I don't need to go to a bigger school if I'm if I'm able to find a success at my small at my small school. Sure, sure, sure. I think now it's a fact, right? Not about the Jamaica, but all over the island, all over the country, all over the world actually. Right. Yeah. When we see yeah. when it comes to unequal distribution of wealth action. So, yeah, I think let, let's talk about some uh, cricket also, uh, George, because because something about I also want to discuss from the other people recently I interviewed uh, J- Jerome Foster. I think, you know, Jerome Foster, he's a national yeah. award winner from Jamaica television. And uh, I had a conversation with him when it comes to how Jamaica uh, uh, West Indies cricket works and he Give me a lot of insights about how one Jamaican player can get selected for the uh, Caribbean team, West Indies team. How right. I just want to know from you two things. Okay, first of all, yes, I want to know again that how Jamaican cricket structure works, not uh, other islands. Uh, like how how many tournaments you have, and other one is in the current area, the current sources because T20 World Cup is coming. There are a lot right. of things coming, and we know that West Indies suffered a lot in the current session when it comes to ICC tournaments. Uh, who Two or three players are there in the Jamaican circuit who are making it, you know, who are actually pushing the door or saying that, okay, we are here right now and we are able to make to the biggest team. Two or three domestic players, I want to know from you, according to you. I'm not, 
okay, I'm not really as well versed in the personnel, but I do know the overall system. That's something that I'm aware of. So how Jamaica yeah. develops its athletes is that they begin at a very young age. There is like the primary school level. Um, they have yeah. competitions, but for those competitions, it's really limited. There isn't like test cricket and stuff like that. It's really limited in like the T10, C20s. So that is where the main, the first main structure begins at the high school level. Then you move into the the more longer formats. Um, so there are different competitions for the different formats in Jamaica that helps really with that development. You can think of the SDC National T20, which is the Sports Development Commit Commission. Sure. Um, sure. So they are one of the main competitions in cricket Jamaica for the development of athletes, and then those athletes would move on to the the West Indies Championship, which is where each country um, puts out a team and they compete at this championship. It's actually ongoing right now. Um, I believe Jamaica, the Scorpions, Jamaican Scorpions, I believe they are third in the standings the last I checked. I would, I would have to double check to make sure, but that is where the um, development really begins. And then in regards to three in regards to playing together with the other islands and then um being selected for the West Indies teams, that is a a selection process that is really historically yeah. been a bit complicated. In, bit complicated. Yeah, because when you think of the Caribbean, it is it is so many different countries and despite being so close, there's so many different cultural differences, um, national pride and all these things come into play when you when persons think about the selection process. So even if a team is selected, it is never really as fully approved all across the board for every single nation. Because of course you're gonna have a national bias. You're gonna say that this player from Jamaica, I think, should be selected over this player from say Guyana Bar Bad, Barbados Bad, and stuff yeah. like that. So that really happens. So in the place there is a selection panel that is um tasked with this well task with this um um challenge and to make sure that not only are they create not only are they selected not just the best team but they are also making sure that they they're selecting the best team from which format and making sure that there is as little bias as possible in the selection process so that the West Indies as a whole yeah. achieves more and comes off as the winner rather than trying to pull full um fulfill any stakeholder um yeah, yeah, yeah. bias so so that would be yeah. how the selection process goes in as regards to players from jamaica the personnel there has there has been a dip in jamaican cricket um while I, while i wouldn't say that it is i wouldn't say that it is not that the interest is not there because it, it obviously is it still exists, it's still alive and breathing. The it factor has dwindled a bit over the last few years. And you can, you can say that it's directly directly connected to the past results at ICC events for the West Indies. Yeah. Because the Caribbean is a nation, is a region that they will support and they will always show their support. But they also love winners. Um so when they see that the team isn't doing well and they think that is especially with the last ICC World Cup, um, I think we only won like one match and finished at the bottom of that of that group standings. Oh, the 19. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. There there is always that expectations of 
of as us as a, even though we're a small region, we're expected to always be punching above our weight. Um, always showing that we are we, we might be small, but our um influence should always be felt. So that is really where that comes from for okay. the West Indies. So for me, I'm not while I do have a national pride saying that I would want to see Jamaicans doing well. I would yeah. much prefer the case where the West Indies, West Indies is doing well. Yeah, yeah. as the region is yeah. doing well. Yeah. So I wouldn't say, yeah. okay, I need to see this Jamaican or that Jamaican there. I say yeah. I need to see the best players. And if those best players are Jamaicans, then that's just a bonus. Yeah, I think Robin Powell is a good example. He's currently a T20 captain and from he's from Jamaica. Right, yeah. So, yeah. like you said, that, that, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, these are persons that have proved themselves at that level and if they are given the accolades and they're given those those responsibilities and they have the faith of not just their coaches but their teammates as well, then all all the power to him and I hope he does well. Right. So yeah, I think uh totally I just want to know from you because look, everyone have their own perspective about a lot of sports, right? And when I was interviewing Jerome, he said to me that because of lack of like a lot of people know from West Indies, the whole West Indies in in general that currently West Indies suffered when it comes to tournaments. The reason said because of they are actually focusing on the domestic tournaments, which uh, which comes up with financial structures, which comes up with a lot of money. Right. And obviously they are uh, choosing franchise cricket over international commitment. Do you think it's a reason or it's something else? Um, I I think there there is a lot of merit with 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 that um thought. Of course, franchise cricket is something that has been on the rise um all across the world. We can yeah. even see recently in America, I believe it's the M... MLC, right? Major yes. League Cricket. So that, yeah, that is also coming to a fore. And so persons want to see that exciting, short-paced, quick-action form of cricket. And as a, on a commercial standpoint, that is really something as that I say um, investors would see a lot of return from so there is that shift towards franchise cricket and as, as, as effect it has hurt um the international cricket for um for for west indies and as, as well so sure there's a lot of merit to that but i think i think there should be a case where there's that balance between the two whereas where we are able to still compete internationally on that level uh, what do you think about schedule window? Because uh, look, there are a lot of tournaments, as I mentioned, domestic tournaments, right? right. And there's an IPL, there's MLC now, and BBL, Big Bash League, and everything. And everything con- contains almost takes around one month, two months, and then suddenly there's international cricket also suddenly. And again, the newbies are not that much experience, which we really need in the national cricket, right? I mean, I think there's always going to be change in sports as one. As the old guard moves, and I think it is, I think it is a good idea that to bring in new faces. However, I think it should be a process to that, a a case where they're not being thrown into the fire, but rather being ushered in, and possibly mentored in by the old, by the more experienced players who are there, who have been around that circle, who've been playing at that level, so that. The transition from one set of players, from one core of players to another, is as seamless as possible, and there isn't any gap where young players or newer players are expected to perform at the highest level without that learning curve being being placed for them. So, as 
so so there's so, so there's really a, there's really the pro and the cons to that, you know. So um and I, I think this isn't something that just applies to cricket. Even though yes, we're starting cricket right now. This is something that applies to every sport really where every team sport, right? Yeah. Every team sport where there where there is the the situation of whether you're putting too much pressure on a young core too early and then when the results are not being met from those young core players, they are being um, harangued and being uh, uh, criticized unfairly because they are expected to, 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 to perform at a level that they have never seen before. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that is really... Um, yeah, and the main purpose is to yeah the main purpose is to not to create all the eleven new players. The main right. purpose is for the the thing is the transformation is three or four new debutants with alongside the top seven six players would be there, which actually make a good balance with it, right? Right. So yeah. So so at, yes, that's the thing. So they are being so they are they are, they are, they, are, they are being exposed to the highest level, but at the same time, the, the main responsibility is the pressure is being shared between them and the the more experienced players who are able to handle that pressure because they have been there and done that before so they have that um guide of sorts to really acclimatize to the highest level of cricket sure 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 Lee, uh i want to know one more thing from you uh before we move up to other things jamaican cricket first of all like i mentioned about how you said how jamaican cricket select players for the west indies team but uh as i said dipping form also because of the financial structure uh if you are aware about jamaican cricket uh financial structure like how they pay to domestic cricketers this is also a very important thing to know right because this is the main reason that a lot of people are actually choosing other cricket forms which is having a lot of money rather than international cricket or well i can't speak too much to the financial structure of it but um from from my understanding mm-hmm. um this, this isn't only limited to cricket but overall in in jamaican sports it is it's a case where the Jamaican sports really depend on corporate and private sponsors. So it's a case okay. where um the boards, the various different uh, um organizations, the federations, the associations for different sports, and, and in this case would be Cricket Jamaica, um they would have their ideas. They want they, they, they obviously want to develop the talent as much as possible and make sure that players are being in players are in competition. In the right at the right time so that they are able to be able to put their name up for, up for selection for for jamaica for the west indies at, at really at any level however they can't really operate without those um commercial and financial backing so they need those um they, they, they need those sponsorships they need those bodies behind them to push that um league for example that's where the sdc league is is SEC National um, T20 League is one of the biggest, um, the biggest domestic leagues in, in the island. Yeah, SDC. Yeah, so that stands for the Sports Development Commission. So they are, are they are an organization that really drives a lot of the development at the grassroots level up to the senior level. So for this, for that part, I would say that um, domestically, the financial power comes from the corporate private sponsorship as well as government bodies that um for example the minister of sports culture youth and development in jamaica those are organizations that really drive those financial power and are they are they doing well for cricket also because i i I had a conversation like i said to jerome and he said to me that uh other sports are doing really well 
as compared to cricket and this is the reason that uh, jamaica is jamaican corporates are actually putting money to the other sports like track and field uh, athletics right so while jamaica does do well in cricket um over the last few years you have obviously seen that shift to other sporting areas so 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 that is correct um while the financial is there it is not as seen as commercially viable so they have the support the cricket team the, the cricket in jamaica has that support but they are not seen as commercially viable as a football in jamaica track and field in jamaica so they so they might not have as much financial support in comparison to the onto these other sports yeah yeah so it's 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 been you know it's again it's like an unequal distribution right yeah corporate is a major corporate plays a major role over there when it comes to right. sports right so uh, this last few questions that i have for you first question i want to know from you obviously t20 world cup is just around the corner and i think i almost asked a lot of guests about t20 world cup because this is something which is very special for me uh, right. because this is a time when west indies need that tournaments right yeah uh, yes financially also and also to again make a comeback and when it comes to comeback nothing better than playing in their home ground and obviously uh, so how how do you see this particular west indies team going into the world cup because uh, as a captain robin powell how do you see this particular setup for them okay so for the for according to the world cup there has been some positive signs um obviously um in recent results we i believe well india and england yeah yeah so one against them yeah so so obviously there's that um there's that confidence being built that west indies is again putting themselves in a position where they're able to compete against some of the best in the world and they are putting themselves as teams that on their day can compete um so there is that um confidence there is that um personal belief of course as someone from west indies i also have to have that belief as well because otherwise what's the point really but yeah. as much as there's also that um those positive signs there's also um some negatives um things that we see that, that as fans we can see that say okay that might need to be improved if you want to go all the way where um we have won the title twice at the 2012 and 2016 yeah, 2012 um, and 2016 right so the and with the t20 now coming to the, the west indies and the and, and the us there is that personal pride to play for as well and we wouldn't want to be we wouldn't want to have a very poor showing in our own backyard so go we are so going forward is a most of our case you now to see how much the team is able to get the pieces together in time for the ICC World Cup. How you see associate teams coming? Are you aware about a lot of associate teams? Um, I'm following them mainly more as result based rather than in depth. But it's a, I think the case where this is actually really good for the sport. Um, cricket as cricket has always been a sport that I think has the potential to really grow. It is such um a unique sport in the sense of being able to be played. Um, fairly, fairly easily, and we to get into that fairly easily. So I think this would also be a record number of participants in this um T Twenty World Cup. So that so that's a really good sign, and I hope that these teams um can aren't just here to make up numbers, but really to compete and to do their best. Um, get as far as possible, potentially make some upsets because we 
because in sports we all love an upset we all love a team that most persons wouldn't expect to do well to come in and then really shock the favorites really put some pressure to, to let you know that the sport is improving and that is something that i'm really looking forward to from these teams for this world cup Sure, sure. And it's a saying, right? Cricket was born in England, but actually got nurtured in Indian, uh, Indian Caribbean, Caribbean yeah. side. <laughs> so amazing, right? So yeah, I look. I want to ask you some uh, other sort of question apart from the international leagues. I remember uh, uh, there's a channel called Star Sports in India, and I saw there a lot of beach cricket uh, from Caribbean islands. Is there uh, uh, currently active the beach cricket? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh... I don't think there is at least if there is that would that would be news to me because i, I would i would want to be part of that however like i said that um for me cricket has been a sport that's really easy to get into because it's so easy to be played so i remember when i was young um we would play I, I, i'm not sure if it's, i'm not sure if this was a kind of cricket or a, time, a kind of game you played when you were growing up we'd play a game called um bat up and catch if, mm-hmm. if you've ever heard of that backward cricket right no no but up and catch so the idea is that they they um there'll be no wickets there'd be no um stumps or anything like that what we will have is one person with a ball a group of mm-hmm. other persons and then one person with a bat so the idea is to throw the ball to the to the person with a bat and they have to hit the ball up in the air right oh and then the group okay. has to try to catch a ball and whoever catches the ball it is their turn to bat Fair enough. So it's like an uh, like four few a few individuals and one individual who is batting who's had to put the ball on air and the people who catch are going yeah. to bat, right? Right. That's it's so, fascinating. It's like a catch practice for a lot of people. This is the reason right. you West Indian yeah. people are very good uh, fielders here. <laughs> right. So that really helps with that in the case where even if you might not have the space to play full cricket, um, sure. you can find ways to incorporate parts of the sport, um, parts of the sport, and I think. That, that 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 might have been what you have seen or noticed where persons are playing on the beach where they might not have the best the best areas to actually play the sport but they but, but their love for the sport has really manifested it in different ways sure sure uh tell me one more thing uh i'm sure west indies is something that uh, when it comes to test cricket okay and obviously this year went really really well this year till now when it comes to yeah. still in tour and we saw Shamar Joshua from Guyana doing really well for this country, right? <clears throat> so, and Andrew Kohli, because Andrew Kohli is from, I guess, he's from Jamaica, right? If I'm not right. wrong. Right, yeah. How do you see his test coaching? Right, so if I remember correctly, he was given that role last year, around sometime last year. And as um, he accepting as interim coach in a, in, in, in a time when there's a lot of changes, transitions, and as a coach, he had a big task ahead of him. And he really took that, and he really took to that. Um, really accepted the challenge. He stuck it out. There were good time. There are obviously some results that we wouldn't have wanted because again, it's a game and um, it's a competition. So you you're not going to win all the time. And I think there has been a real turnaround towards that, especially mm-hmm. with that game against um Australia. We lost the series, I believe, but that win was our first in Australia since. Well, I think it's our first ever. I, I, I would say no, no. I, after '97, Brian Lara's uh, right. team, '97 team, right, right. after that yeah, they exactly. won. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a really long while, and I think those are really good showings. That even though we lost the series, we had a really good um performance. You, um, you, you didn't lose the series, I guess. It's a draw series, one all. 
No, I, I, I believe you had the last two one one one. Uh, it is about T20 cricket. T20 cricket. You lost T20 oh, right, cricket right. again. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry, my my apologies. Then I I I I I'm, I'm into the format. But yeah, um, especially with the heroes of Joseph, as you said, um, a really young player coming in. I think it really spells that there is the quality there, and I think Coley has really shown that he's committed to the task. Um, there hasn't been any real deep drop off under him. Um, he has done fairly well. The team is performing. Um, in situations above the expectations that some persons might have for them. So I think for now the trust is there in him. Um, how well he continues on the future, that is something that we have to watch and see. But um, I I would only hope for the best for them. And as well, as well as a coach. Yeah. yeah. So okay, let's let's jump into other setup. I think I have fifteen minutes time more. I want to ask you about apart from cricket, uh, what sort of sports that you follow and you write? I want to know. Yes, I know about you write track and field. You write about football as well. Apart from that, how many sports you follow? Um, for me, it's basically any sport. Um, even if that's sport that I don't know about, I would like to learn about it on the job as well. Recently, um. I did a story in horse racing. I don't really follow horse racing, but I did a story on that. And it's more about learning about how sports um have really impact um individuals. Um there's also rugby, which has been really picking up a bit in Jamaica. Um, um excuse me. Um lacrosse as well has, has been set up in Jamaica. There's swimming. Lacrosse is there, right? Yeah. Lacrosse is a bit of dangerous game in many ways, right? I mean, I haven't played it, but I think I I I understand where that that I could have the danger in it. Um, I recently spoke as well with hockey. Um, Jamaica recently made its debut at the Hockey Fives World Cup. Um, wasn't the strongest debut, obviously, as a country that's making the debut. There's always going to you're always going to be up against the the challenge. Um, against teams that are more established and have that history in it. Um, there's also curling. If you didn't yeah. know, um. Jamaica, even there's a tropical island, they have done curling. There's the curling federation. They competed at the um the Pan Continental Championship and they had finished second behind China in the in the division B. And that's something that they really they really want to continue going on. So yeah, it's really about any sport. Uh, there's what about no tennis? tennis as well, yeah. Um I, I there was a recent tennis tournament I didn't cover it, so i I don't know the exact details where Jamaica yeah. underperformed a bit, but there is there, but that but that is something that we've also been as a country has been growing in. So for me, there isn't any sport that I say, oh, I don't do that sport. But it's more a case where I might not know as much about this sport, but I'm willing to learn and get into that as I research and and follow those stories. Yeah, no, I actually, you know, I, I really appreciated that because I remember, like you mentioned about just better to say, uh, if uh, if you're saying no, just better to say yes and then see what will happen, right? Right. You know, this time, a lot of, this is a case. Uh, if you don't know anything, it's okay. Just say yes and I'm sure a lot of people are there to make sure that you you learn and then you can actually improvise on that side, right? Yeah, because especially in these um small sports that might not have as big following, you'll be surprised how willing they are to teach you about their sports Um, because they might not have the the following and they want to share those passions so it's really good to always say yes and then when you're there to learn on the spot to not, not 
uh, not necessarily the sport, but to learn but to, but to learn about the persons behind the sport. Why did they start it? Why is this a sport that they might they might be interested in in even if it's not a commercially um viable or a sport that is really present in person's um eyes. So I think those are really good opportunities to learn about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you talk about the Jamaican Premier League, right? Uh, obviously, right. it's a very huge, popular tournament over there. What about attendance of people? Okay, so okay, in regards to that, the attendance is fairly good for the level that it is at right now. Um, mm. there are teams in the Premier League that their um their facilities aren't at the level that they would need for that. So what the league does is that it has highlighted a few um few facilities that are at the level and then they play the and then the and the teams that might not have a a home ground that is ready, they will okay. play their games at those facilities. For example, um there is a facility known as the Stadium East, which is beside our national stadium. It's a smaller facility that is mm-hmm. beside our national stadium. So when there are teams that say uh might not have these their facilities, then they would play their matches at Stadium East, which has a facility to hold a certain amount. So um it's not a case where like a European league that might have the tens of thousands of fans. What okay. and what the JPL has is that it has its loyal supporters that are willing to turn out week in, week out at these facilities that have been selected and they've always shown their support. As well as they have also done live streaming. Um, you can probably see some of them on YouTube. Uh, that, that are, that yeah, I think you have a few channels. I remember I, when I just got to know about yeah. JPL, there are a lot of channels who, apart from YouTube, they also broadcast yeah. this particular tournament. Right. So the main broadcasters are Sportsmax. Those are the ones that are the main broadcasters. And they also share those broadcasts with another channel um, called Flow Sports, which, um, so they both share those responsibilities of, of covering it. So, um, yeah, in regards to turnout, um, certain teams that are the bigger teams, obviously, uh, across the world, they, um, the, uh, the bigger teams always carry more followings. For example, the Mount Pleasant, um, the Arnett Gardens, those teams are, yeah. are teams that are really big followings. They carry thousands and thousands of players each yeah, game. Yeah, they are on top right now. Yeah. Right. So, um, I think right now, well, Mount Pleasant are the defending champions, but right now the team that is leading um the table is is Cavalier, which which are the champ who were the champions the season before Mount Pleasant. So those are teams that are really done well, and they yeah. really kind of support. Uh, what about your favorite team? Ah, <laughs> uh, as a journalist, I've I should. Uh, you you tend to be you tend to be unbiased, but you have to be yeah. quite a bit. So, like, so, yeah, so, like, like I've said earlier before, I've actually played football yeah. and the team that I played for is currently in the Premier League now and that's Molines United. I played for them since I was 13 years old up to, no, well, before I was 13 because I played for them in the under-13 division. I made my senior debut for them um, when I was about 16, 17. So, yeah. I, so they are my favourites. I still have that connection with them, with the president, with the chairpersons. Um, some of the players that are on the team now are players that I've played with when I was growing up. So they are my favorite. They aren't doing so well right now. They're about um like I said, they are they are just above the relegation zone. So hopefully they can continue and stay in the stay in the Premier League. 
So I, I, yeah. as a person, as another fan, and under the former player, that is my team that I support. So you play, you play also, right? Football? Um, is it such... not, not currently, no, but I did before, yeah. Yeah, but still, you had a nice history about football games, dude. <laughs> it's something which, yeah. obviously, for me, it's intriguing because I also love football. And I also, uh, I remember the game, you know. Uh, I, I'm sure you had, you saw that particular game uh, against France versus Argentina, that uh, World Cup final. Right. Yeah, yeah, I've watched that. That was really crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that was a really good game. Oh man, that and E. Martin is the wicket, uh, the goalkeeper. Right. Oh, crazy, crazy. But still, I, I had a, I, I really felt for Mbappe that one of a time. You know, he did very much for the team, and suddenly when he saw that, you know, something which is crazy. So, uh, what about your national favorite team? Oh, um, I would say that that that, that 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 is Jamaica as well. Um. Few the good times, the bad times, and the really bad times. Um, is I, I've never lost that love for Jamaica. I've, I've actually in the past worked for the Jamaica for, for the Jamaica Football Federation on their social media teams. So I had that connection to be around the team and really learn about um the players, certain players as well. So um outside of Jamaica, because when you're playing for when you're from a small country, well a country that doesn't does. A country that doesn't do um, historically well in major tournaments, and I'm sure from India, you, oh, I'm mean, watching the World Cup. Yeah, you, you have to have that team that you support because India isn't there. Outside of like the Asian Championships and stuff like that, right? So, yeah, yeah, we have football. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I'd, I've, I've always been a fan of the Net. I've always been a fan of the Netherlands. Um, I really like them. I fell in love with their team back in the 2010 World Cup. Um, that run that they had to the finals, and since then I've really been a fan of their style of football, their total football, which is something that I really admire. Okay, this is crazy, and I'm sure for me, look, uh, when it comes to club, I think I really uh, okay. Before that, I really like Liverpool, but after I don't know this season, I'm just fan of Manchester United. I don't know why, but suddenly there's a bit of crash happened, and for me, I love Manchester United now because they're champions, man. Yeah. So, yeah, this is crazy. Thank you. Thank you so much, Georgie, for this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I must appreciate for this. And obviously, uh, I just hope you can conduct a lot of conversation after JPL or T20 World Cup. And for me, it's a great privilege for you to, you know, to host the show. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, 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 I hope it'll be a, a wonderful World Cup. I really expect it to really open cricket to a brand new market. And hopefully, all the countries really turn out to do their best. and. Even and as well, it's a competition, you know. So there's, as as much as they're going to be one champion, there's going to be nineteen other teams that um will go home with some disappointment. But I hope that each team is able to achieve some kind of personal goal that they can take pride. Yeah, in. absolutely. You know, rather than thinking that we have to win the World Cup, it's better to thought that's to create a personal goal and see what will happen. Correct. Yeah. So, anyway, that that's fine. Any feedback from your side? I would love to know about this podcast. I think it's really good. Um, you've really covered a lot of bases um, with your questions. You, I can, I can obviously tell the passion that you have for cricket and for sports as well. Uh, that yeah. interest you have about learning about others and learning about the world around you. So that really is, so this really is a good podcast. And I really wish you well and hope that you continue to improve and increase in size and 
potentially can hear about um the award winning um Aman Verma who does well sure 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 likewise dude i think uh, for you also it's a uh, world cup is here and i'm sure jpl you have to cover so all the best for your future stints as well correct yeah man thank you thank you george thank you for this